Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. the 
ears right now. Open our ears, open our eyes to see, our hearts to understand. The Holy Spirit, we ask that you lead us and guide us and speak to us. In Jesus' name. Alright, chapter 10, verse 1. Now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion, which means he's a captain of a hundred soldiers. This is, uh, of course, as we read before, was we started getting these Hellenistic Jewish people involved, not just Jewish folks. And here, there's another one, Cornelius, who's uh, basically a Roman centurion. But what is called the Italian cohort? A devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. A little bit like Josh was just caring about sowing and reaping. Here is the centurion who is giving many alms. That's like those uh, way above the tithe. He's giving these gifts, these love gifts of money and resources to the Jewish people. And prayed to God continually. This is an unusual character. I mean, for any person, let alone a Roman centurion, clearly he has had some sort of touch from God. My guess, when we have just read a chapter or two before, Philip, remember he disappeared after he baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch, and then he finds himself in the Sodas, and then he's walking up in the ministry to go to Caesarea. Maybe. Maybe this centurion heard Philip preach and got saved. I have no idea, but clearly he's had an encounter with God because he's living in a way where his life is fully devoted to God. And he's giving to the Jewish people. If he was there to kind of rule over, he's, he's sowing his resources into their lives. Pretty amazing. Verse 3 About the ninth hour of the day, which is 3 p.m., he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, which always happens when an angel shows up. Right? You see that? Pretty consistently through the scriptures. He said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. What a beautiful picture. This angel's letting you know you've been praying and you've been giving, you've been sowing, and little did you know, but what you have prayed and what you have given has turned into a spiritual memorial that has risen up through the ceiling and come before the presence of God. And God has taken notice of what you've been doing. That's a powerful thing. Think about that if we recognize, realize that our prayers, that our service, that our volunteering, that our giving, that our alms, isn't just happening, but it has an ascension factor that goes before the Lord. The Lord is a wonderful thing to God. What you do in secret, what maybe you do privately and publicly, that those go before the Lord. Pretty amazing to recognize that. Verse 5. By the way, seeing angels, visions, not unusual in the New Testament church. And this is pretty This is just apostles. We're talking about um, for the, the believer who's pressing in toward God. God reveals himself and decides to send an his house. You can do that very thing at your house. 
justice. It says in the Bible that we may entertain angels unaware. We may not even realize it's an angel. So some you're going to see and probably be alarmed, and others you may not even know it's an angel. And it's a little bit like that. That's another story for another day. Now it says, now dispatch some men to Joppa. I love that. The angel tells him to use his soldiers and send them on an errand. I think that's pretty cool. It's about 30 miles away from where he was. And you see that, uh, you slide here just for the, you get an idea of the distance. Oh, there it is. Uh, come to see. Over on the coast. Caesarea, down to Joppa, about 30 miles away. Instead for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter, he is staying with a tavern named Simon, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants and a devout soldier of those who were his personal attendants, and after he had explained everything to them, he set them to job. On the next day, as they were on their way approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. To pray. Here we go again. We got prayer going on. St. Therese praying. Peter's praying. But he became hungry. That happens to be when I pray also. I don't see you guys. And was desiring to eat. That's part of the battle of his prayers. I want to eat, but I'm going to pray anyway. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance. Seems like an odd word to have in the scriptures. But you realize that all the devil does is twist things that God originates. Trance is actually a God thing, a spiritual thing, a place where God speaks to a person and they're in a different state of understanding. Look at the one Definitions in the Hebrew or excuse me, Greek later that is a displacement of the mind. You are suddenly thinking about something completely different, you're seeing something completely different. God is speaking to you in a way where you're caught up in like another world. You're seeing the spirit in a sense. But he fell into a trance. Verse 11, and he saw the sky opened up in an object like a great sheet coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. He's hungry. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I've never eaten anything unholy and unclean. I'm a good Jewish boy. I don't do that. This happened, excuse me, again a voice came to him a second time. It says this, of course, it's the voice of the Spirit. What God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. He didn't realize that something had been cleansed by God. This happened three times. And immediately the object was taken up into the sky. So three times the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him, shows him these animals that he would not touch previously, and tells him, kill and eat. The Lord has cleansed them. They're not unholy anymore. And it was through this experience, which is the beginning of something, of a, a help for us to understand in the new covenant of some of the other things that Jesus covered. You know, when he, he paid for so many things on the cross, right? The ceremonial law he fulfilled, the 
moral law stays intact, but the ceremonial law, Jesus fulfilled. Part of that has to do with, with animals uh, that were considered unclean. Now they are clean as head. But it also relates to people, which we're going to find out in a second. By the way, Romans 14 goes along with this revelation of food being cleansed. Verse 17, now while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what this vision, excuse me, what the vision which he had seen might be, behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having asked directions for Simon's house, how about that one? We have a record of a man asking for directions, right? <laughs> that is in scripture. Okay. You just thought I'd point that out. Appeared at the gate. And calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit again speaks to him. Behold, three men are looking for you. Like one man for each time I showed you this vision, basically. But get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have set them myself. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cleanus, a centurion, righteous and God-friend man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear a message from you. So he invited them in and gave them lodging. They stayed the night. On the next day, he got up and went away with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. On the following day, he entered Caesarea. Now, Cornelius was waiting for them. And called together his relatives and close friends. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up, saying, Stand up. Remember that scene in Braveheart. He said, Stand up, man, another pope. He basically said that here. Stand up, I'm too just a man. And he talked with them and he entered and found many people assembled. And he said to them, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. I mean, break all kinds of rules here. And yet, God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. So this is just applied to animals to eat. But those who eat unholy animals, the Gentiles now are not considered unholy any longer. They can have what Peter had, the Spirit of God, salvation. That is why I came without even raising any objection when I was sent for. So I asked for what reason you have sent for me. Cornelius said, four days ago to this hour, I was praying. In my house during the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in shining garments. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, also called Peter, to come to you, to stay at the house of Simon the Tanner by the city. So I sent you immediately, and you will be kind enough to come. Now then, we're all here, present before God, to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. <laughs> Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God does not want to show partiality. It's a reinterpretation that's happening right now by the Spirit of 
the way that God sees people and his heart and his love for all mankind. But in every nation, every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea. So he knows they've already heard the gospel. Starting from Galilee, after the baptism which John proclaimed, you know of Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted him to become visible. Not to all the people, but to the witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. That is to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Of course, says earlier in Acts, he revealed himself to 500 people. Verse 42, and he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him, all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. And while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell. So this was clearly a reason why he came. They heard the gospel. They were already believers. They were already praying, giving. But when he shows up, while he's speaking this story, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit as we did, can So here in this case, you know, oftentimes, People receive Jesus, get baptized in water, and then they'll get baptized in the Holy Spirit. This happened the opposite. They receive Jesus, they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and Jesus says, how do we get these guys wet also? Right? It's a different thing, which is okay, so it doesn't matter which way it happens, but they would need now to get baptized in water. Verse 48, he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, which is baptized in water. Then they asked him to stay on for a few days. Chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him. They didn't like that. Saying, You went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them? But Peter began speaking and proceeding to explain to them in order of sequence, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. An object came down to a great sea, lowered by four points of the sky. came right down to me. And when I fixed my gaze on it and was observing it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth and the wild beasts and the crawling creatures and the birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, by no means, Lord, for nothing of holy or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice from heaven answered it a second time. But God is cleansed, no longer considered unholy. This happened three times, and everything was drawn back up into the sky. And behold, at that moment, three men appeared in the house, in which we were staying, having 
as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon him just as he did upon us as we did. And I remembered the word of the Lord. How he used to say, John baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift he gave to us, also after believing in the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well, well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. They thought they were the only ones who were going to go to heaven, have this life, and the even with the day of Pentecost. They were Jewish people that had come from all over the world who got saved. It wasn't the Gentiles. So here we are, a brand new day, starting with Cornelius. Think about this for a moment. Cornelius' prayers and his alms, not only was a memorial to God, and an angel responded, and then Simon came to think about this. Cornelius was the beginning of the gospel coming to all the Gentiles. Yeah. He had no idea. Pretty, pretty amazing. The impact of his prayers. Of his giving. Verse 19. So to those who were scattered because of persecution, the party of nationalist Stephen, which we read earlier, made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews alone. So they were, they were just preaching to the Jews only, those who were scattered after Stephen was killed. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also. Preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number of believers turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church of Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas, which basically means son of encouragement, off to Antioch. And when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man, and he was. Since only four people in the Bible, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. He's going to get Saul. He hit it on us. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. It was the first time that the label, that the title Christian was used was at Antioch. It's interesting. It wasn't necessarily them calling themselves Christians. It was others calling them Christians, followers of Christ. Uh, if you ever look up like the history of um, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, what was it, Demon Deacons? Well, they didn't have a mascot. They were the last one of the ACC to ever have a mascot. But they were played like the devil one day. And other teams, people said they're, they're like a demon. Like a demon demon they are. It was a Baptist school. And what other people called them, they took on as a mascot. That's what that came from the way forth. Same thing happened with the Baptist, which we talked about in the 16th century. In Europe, in Switzerland, the Anabaptists didn't call themselves Anabaptists. It was others who called them that, and that name stuck with them, took it, and they took that off. Anyway, verse 27, now, this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus, so here we have a prophet, 
stood up and began to indicate by the Spirit that there would certainly be a great span in all the world. And this took place in the reign of Claudius. And in the proportion that any of his signs had means, each of them determined to send a contribution for the relief of the brethren living in Judea. This prophet stood up and said, A famous prophet? That's this being. That's how the believers in Jerusalem, in Judea. And this day, they said, in his heart of Barnabas, and Saul to the elders. Chapter 12. Now, at that time, Herod, and this is Herod Agrippa 1. Herod is like a title. So, you guys are all about Herod. Right? You're about like a family name instead. So, this is Herod Agrippa 1. Uh, he didn't come into power until AD 41. He was only in power for three years. Okay, you want to see. He's beginning as it. If Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. This is, this is James, you know, one of the three that Jesus was taking with him up on the mountain or times to pray. He, the brother of John, he was killed with the sword by Herod. And then verse 3, when Herod saw that it pleased the Jews to kill James, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. That was during the days of unleavened bread, which was around Passover time. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him to four squads of 16 soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out before the people. Probably was going to kill him too. So Peter was kept in the prison. But prayer, prayer for him was being made fervently by the church of God. I love it. I know we're focused in our GTs right now. If you're not in GT, you're in GT. We're focused on prayer, on pursuing prayer, on the power of prayer, what God does through prayer. And in this moment, they didn't panic when their leader, Peter, was thrown in prison, thinking, okay, he's going to die. They went and they began praying. They got together at home and they started to pray. On the very night, when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. And guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in the light show in the cell. And he struck Peter's side. I don't know why he decided to do that. But that's why he decided to wake him up. Hey, inside, right? He struck his side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. He did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and continued to follow. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real or not. But he thought he was seeing a vision. He's had some clear visions before. He's had that trance before. And he was thinking, okay, maybe God's going to do this one day for me. When he was actually happening to him, that's it. He had some real vision. Verse 10. When they passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened. For them by itself. Now, this is way before Star Wars and the Force. This is way before, you know, doing this and things, doors open. This is, again, 
beginning to fall off his hands. He's walking towards the gate, the gate opens all by itself. That's the force of God, right? And they went out and went along those three, and immediately the angel departed from him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of prayer. And from all of the Jewish people were expected. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary. One of the followers, you know, when we're reading the Gospels, you see that Jesus was surrounded by Mary. There were five of them. From his mom to Mary Magdalene, and these Marys who were watching over, you know, supporting. All that. Here's, here's another Mary. Maybe she was one of them. This is John Mark's mom. And this is where they gathered together to pray for Peter. So he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who's also called Mark. Where men were gathered together and were praying, they were praying in the night for Peter. And when he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her joy, she didn't just picture this, she did not open the gate. She got so excited. When she hears the voice, that she ran back to the house and announced that Peter was standing in front of the gate. And they said to her, Are you out of your mind? Now, here are, here's a case of believers praying and not believing that what they're praying for is going to happen. Right? Because when she says, he's out and he's at the door, they don't believe that. You're out of your mind. But she kept insisting it was so. And they kept saying, it's this angel. Now, I don't think that would also be worthy to get up and maybe go see what an angel looks like. They weren't going to do that. You're out of your mind, or it's just an angel. It's okay. What seeing angels during this period of time is so common that it was like, yeah, it's just an angel. I don't know if that's the case either. It's just the odd of anybody. This is read the Bible. <laughs> Verse 16. But Peter continued knocking. I mean, doors are opening and forming him out of prison, and now he can't get into a Christmas house. <laughs> He's knocking. And when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But most men to them, with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, Report these things to James and the brethren. Now, this is James, Jesus' brother. Then he left and went to another place. Now, when the day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what could have become of Peter. When Herod searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards in order that they be led away to execution. All the guards that were guarding him wasn't their fault. Herod decides to kill him. Then he, Herod, went down from Judea to Caesarea and was spending time there. Verse 20. Now, he was very angry, Herod, with the people of Tyre and Sidon. And with one accord, they came to him, and having one over blasted the king's chamberlain, they were asking for peace. Because their country was fed by the king's country. Verse 21, on an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat in the rostrum, and began delivering an address to them. The people kept crying out, the voice of a god and not a man. And immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. That's a 
and then dies. That's a really bad way to go. You don't want to go that way. But he also was taking that glory from himself and listening to the voice of God and not the head. He was like, yeah, that's me. That's some serious business. And he, he dies. But the word of the Lord continued to grow and to be multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, taking along with them John, who was also called Mark. So the gospel is spreading all over the place. You've got Gentiles involved. You've got apostles involved. You've got Philip and others <laughs> spreading the news and now it's going to the Gentiles. It starts to spread across the known world as the pieces that go to the U.S. and are heading to the uttermost parts of the earth. This is happening. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for these words, for your word. For the power of your spirit, for what you have done then and what you are doing now, Lord, I pray that we would have the kind of faith that these men and women have. Lord, that prayer would grow on the inside of us, that we would see not only a place for prayer, but we, Lord, give us a passion to pray. Give us a heart and a desire to press into you and to ask on others' behalf for you to move. Lord, to, to ask you, Lord, for you to move and to help those who are believers, who are in prison even now, those around the world, who in other nations, in other places that are against you, your kingdom and against the gospel and have chained up and are torturing and persecuting believers, Lord, I ask that you put prayer on the inside of us, put their faces before us and we can pray for them. Lord, I ask that you would continue to move using your angels throughout the earth. Lord, I pray that angels would show up in our homes. Lord, that we would um, experience you. Lord, if you want to speak to us through visions and trances, however you want to, we want to hear you, we want to see you, we want to follow you. Lord, I ask you to stir our spirit that these would be the days, Lord, that we would walk in your ways more than ever in our lives, that we would have the faith to believe. You said that as many as received you, Jesus, they granted the right to become children of God, and we are your children. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be called children of God, the highest appellation, Lord, that we are your children. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this fellowship. Thank you for these people, for the calling of every single person here, for every single family, every single person, every child. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have put in their lives and the purpose that you have for them. Lord, help us to walk in your ways, to live like these we are just reading about lived, to follow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Open our ears to hear you. Open our spirits to be filled with you over and again. And to step out to do the things that you want us to do. We love you, Lord. Lord, would you just also, as Josh prayed earlier, Lord, we ask for a blessing on New Church here on this place. For the time that we've been here these five, six months, Lord, we ask that uh, this place.
family that we have here in this kingdom where we are one. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.